See if your Bibles, we're going to continue in the series on wonder. Uh, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 1 again. We're going to follow up last week's message uh, about Zacharias and uh, Gabriel. See, Gabriel's a busy angel in this period of time. He's a directly, man, God dispatches Gabriel go do some important things. So he's going to dispatch him again to go see a young lady, a, a, probably a teenager, if some people say from 13 to 15 years of age, Mary. Um, and he's dispatching an angel to go visit her. So this morning we're going to look at that, what I think is such a beautiful message for us. In a sense, when you see this, I want you to put, and it's going to be, some of you are going to be, this is weird. I want you to put yourself in her place, even the guys. I want you to put yourself in her place. Because when God's word goes forth, he's not just speaking to one person. He's speaking to all of us. And I know that there, I know some faiths have, have elevated uh, Mary to some status that she would hate to even think that that's what they've elevated her to. Because she was uh, a maidservant, servant of the Lord. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, and if you don't have your Bibles, you can walk, watch it on the screen. But I want to start by giving you another definition of wonder. Now this is the verb definition. If you saw Facebook, you saw that I've already posted it. But the verb, one of the verbs for wonder is to express a polite question or request. Anybody ever do that? We do it all the time, don't we? Well, I wonder where that ambulance is going. Huh? I wonder if there was a wreck. I wonder if anybody was hurt. I better start praying. You, you may never know the answer, but we have these questions that we ask all the time. I wonder if I'm going to get a promotion. I wonder if... He's going to look at me again. I wonder if they're going to ask me the question. I wonder this. I wonder that. We have these polite questions that we ask. And many times we ask the question without ever expecting an answer because there is no answer because it really doesn't pertain to you. But we wonder a lot. We have these polite questions. And so we're going to see even in this, mess, this passage today where Mary has a question, a polite question that she asks. And, and I think it's going to... It's going to seep into your hearts this morning what God's asking of you. And I've got like six points today. But the first and the last, if you don't get the first one, you won't get the, any of the rest of them. And if you don't get the last one, you won't really matter if you got the first one. Okay? So we'll just, del we'll just dive in, okay? Because today we're going to be talking about an encounter. You know what an encounter is? It's more than just a meeting. Anybody ever have an encounter? It's not expected, is it? It's obviously you run into that person you haven't seen in 20 years. What has happened to you? <laughs> you know, you've really aged. You had these encounters with people. And you're knowing, man, they're looking at you going, wow, you haven't aged a bit. <laughs> and, and we have encounters. They're, more, they're not appointments. They're encounters. And so we're going to talk about an encounter this morning that Mary had with God through the angel Gabriel. Now in the verse 26, Luke 1, 26. Now, in the, ninth, or in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, something interesting about Nazareth, this is the first time it's ever mentioned in Scripture. Just, just saying. To a virgin, say virgin. Make no mistake about it, she was a virgin. Okay? A lot of, a lot of denominations, even now... They do surveys, and I've, I've checked them out. They've done surveys, and do you believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? And many people that say they're Christians say, oh, no, there's no way she could, he could have been born of a virgin. Okay? 
God wants you to know that she's a virgin. To betrothed to a man that's engaged, uh, to, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Say Mary. In Hebrew, that's Miriam, okay? Uh, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. <laughs> but when she saw him, and go back a little bit, how do you think angels come in? Just thinking. Uh, come on in. It says when, she, when he came in, so he was very visible. He's very human looking. And he came in and he says, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, I want to see the very first thing you, you have got to understand is who God says you are. If you don't get this, you will never, ever, ever accomplish the plans and the purposes that God has for you as one of his children. You will never get there. You, you see, all of you, oh, yeah, I know who I am in Christ. I know who I am. Do you Really? So when God shows up, when the angel shows up and he says, Robert, you are highly favored. You're blessed of God. You, do you go, oh, really? I am? No, see, that's, that's what we usually do as, as human beings. We go, oh, God, you're calling me something that I'm not. And then he said, no, that's who you are. And yet we, we will latch on to the labels and the identities that the world puts on us, that our parents put on us, that our teachers put on us, that our boyfriends or our girlfriends or our husbands or our wives or even our children. We will latch on to those identities of our job. And we'll say, that's what defines me. And God says, no, that's why Mary said, what kind of greeting is this? I'm just a, I'm just a young girl. I, I don't have anything to give you. I'm just, a, I'm just a kid. I'm about to get married. You're interrupting my life. But see, that's what God wants to do in your life this morning. He wants to interrupt. He wants to have an encounter with you. You don't have to wait for Angel Gabriel to show up. He shows up every day by the power of His Holy Spirit. Rejoice. Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. What do you mean? What kind of greeting is that? Why don't you just say, hey, hello, how you doing? Because God was laying the foundation and saying, this Mary is who you are. Now, I don't know who you think you are this morning. But I hope you know who you are this morning. That you are highly favored. That you're his beloved that you, he, he rejoices over us, the Bible says, with singing. All through the Word, people would encounter God. I want to give you a couple of them that I, that I just love to, to go back and, and see because when, when God greeted them, when He had an encounter with them, one of them was Moses. And if you don't remember who Moses is, he was the one who killed an, he killed an, uh, an Egyptian for messing with, a, with one of his Hebrew brothers. And he, he killed him. Then, they, then they, found, they found out that he, done, he did it. And so he, he left and he was 40 years out in, in the desert shepherding sheep. Okay? He's a, he's a murderer and he's wanted for murder. 
Okay, and God comes to him in Exodus 3.10 and he says, Come now therefore and I will send you to Pharaoh that you bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? You must be mistaken. How many of you told God that before? You must be out of your mind, God, to call me to do something. Apparently you haven't seen my resume. Well, he saw Moses' resume, didn't he? He killed the guy. He was run. He was wanted. Hey, I can use you to deliver my people out of Egypt. Oh, a couple of million of them. From a burning bush, no doubt. That's just one. Remember Gideon. Remember Gideon in in the book of Judges, chapter 6. Gideon was hiding in a wine press. The Midianites had overtaken him. And, and man, he was hiding. He was afraid. And, and, and the, the Lord showed up as an angel, just like he did to Mary. He showed up as an angel. And the Lord turned to him in verse 14 and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So he said to him, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. You must be mistaken. You must have the wrong address. Don't you see that I'm hiding in a wine press? See, God comes to us in our, in our fears. He comes to us when we're hiding. He comes to us in our sin. He comes to us when we are so afraid. We're afraid out of our mind to do anything and take one step for Jesus. And he comes to you and says, hey, 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 I got a job for you. And you, and you know what we do? We're all rubberneckers, huh? Who are you talking to? Who's talking? He must not be talking to me. He must be kidding. Because who am I? Who am I? Who am I? You see, if we just leave it with the who am I's, we are cooked. Because I can't do anything. We have got to this morning. We've got to. We've got to move past. I am not worthy. To He is everything. You know, Isaiah, he, he came to Isaiah in, in a vision. He saw this incredible vision. He bowed. He, he hit his, he laid down on his face before God. He said, and he said, woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. Get away from me. I, you can't use me. Anybody in here got unclean lips? He can use you. Peter, when, when Peter was out there and he was fishing, and man, they were casting nets. Jesus said, they, they fished all night, hadn't caught anything. Jesus said, go cast over there, you'll catch a lot of fish. And he cast the nets over there in the fish. Man, there were more than they could handle. They are bringing them into the boat. And, and Peter has this revelation all of a sudden that this is more than just a prophet. This is more than just a rabbi. And he hits his knees. And, and one, one description I, I read, he's probably right in the middle of a bunch of stinky fish. He hits his knees and he says, get away from me, Jesus. I'm a sinner. You cannot use me. And, and Jesus said, oh, listen, you, you, don't even, you don't even know, Peter. You've been catching fish. One of these days you're going to be catching men. I'm not going to tell you now, Peter, but a few, in about three years, you're going to catch 3,000 in one day. Woo! Because he said, Peter, you're not who you think you are. You're who I say you are. But you've got to grab hold of that church and believe that you are who he says you are, that you're highly favored. That you're the blessed of God. That He has a purpose for your life. And then quit looking at the person next to you because thinking they're more talented. God can use them. 
Because he can use anybody. He can use a murderer. He can use a man that's on his way to arrest more Christians, have them thrown into jail, and have them killed for the cause because he said, these people are they're heretics. They're following after this Messiah. And God says, this day, Paul, I am going to call you. And he knocks him down in the dirt. And he blinds him and he said, now you're going to listen to me because I want you to know who you are, Paul. You think you're Saul, but I'm telling you, you're Paul. You think you're going to go after and kill Christians? No, you're going to raise them up. You think you're going to go after the Jews? No, you're going to go after the Gentiles. The people don't really like you. And you're going to reach them for the kingdom of God. Because he says, I want you to be who I say you are, Paul, and not who you say you are, who you think you are. You see, if you don't get this, you don't get anything else. You've got to get this first. That you're his beloved. I mean, even last week we, we saw Zachariah saying, No, there's no way my wife is too old. I'm too old. We can't have kids. And God, I don't know if God reminded him or Gabriel reminded him in another conversation. Uh, do you not remember Abraham and Sarah? Oh, let's talk about Abraham and Sarah. Abraham, Sarah, you're going to have a baby. <laughs> That's what she did. Sarah laughed. She thought, she thought this angel was out of his mind. I'm 90 years old. Are you kidding me? But he said, no, you're going to have a child and you're going to have descendants like the sands of the sea and the stars in the sky. Sarah, you might think you're one thing. I'm going to tell you you're something else. Matter of fact, I'm going to put my name in your name. Sarah, Abraham, the breath of God. See, he breathed his breath in you when you gave your life to him. He says, you're not who you think you are. You're not who you used to be. You're who I say you are. You know what I love about God? He sees the potential in us that we can't see. He sees the potential in us that we can't see. He sees a young black, young, a young black man in East Dallas that's struggling in his life. And he thinks he's going to rap for the rap for the world. And God taps him on the shoulder and says, "C.J. Lucky, you're going to reach thousands for the kingdom of God. You're going to reach thousands for the kingdom of God. But you've got to believe that I that you are who He says you are, C.J." He takes, a, he takes a young man out of high school, and he he's, he moves to here because he's got a basketball scholarship. He starts playing basketball and he joins a church and he finds a youth. He kind of finds a college group. Then he finds a couple of guys and they want to start a band. He can't play the guitar worth nothing. But he perseveres and he learns and he, and he plies his trade and he gives his life to Jesus Christ. And the devil tries to take him out twice. He said, I am who you say I am, God, not who the devil says I am. I am alive and I'm going to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords until you call me home. See, we got to believe who he says we are, not who we think we are. We put so many limitations on God. See, all Mary had to do was go, there's no way. No way, no, 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 no. Listen, if I have a kid out of wedlock, they're going to string me up. They're going to stone me. They're going to kill me. Because that's what would have happened. I can't do that. Who am I? Why would you call me that? See, some of you get mad when God calls you. Why would you say that to me? I'm not. I can't do that. I, I don't want to. I, I don't want to be embarrassed. 
Man, you don't want to be embarrassed. God's really good at embarrassing us. You know, he's just like a good father, good, good parent. How many of you parents embarrassed your kids? My mother used to embarrass me all the time. Anybody have a mother that embarrassed them? My mother started singing hymns and all my buddies were around. Oh, mom, please quit. Stop. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. Mom, please, we're, we're trying to listen to some Creedence Clearwater Revival in here. <laughs> I was always, I, I love music, y'all know that. And I was always looking for my bands that I liked to come out with something that even seemed like it would have to be, happen to be about God. So when when, Cre uh, when, when uh, Doobie Brothers came out with, Jesus is just all right with me. I thought, I'm a Doobie Brother fan for life. <laughs> I didn't even know what Doobie was. <laughs> Woo. Wasn't Scooby Doobie. <laughs> yeah, we can embarrass our, we can embarrass our kids. I probably embarrass my son every Sunday. <laughs> Here's the other thing, guys. When he called Mary out and he said, This is what I've got to call. I've got a calling on your life, Mary. We look at people. We look at the CJ Luckies or the Jeff Peters or the whoever's that are in ministry positions. And we're like, Wow, God's got a calling on their life. They know their identity in Christ. Man, I. I you know, I'm glad God's called them, but, you know, I can't do that. I can't be that person. I can't lead a life group. I don't have that gift. I don't have those talents. I can't play the keyboard. You know, I can't play guitar. And let me, let's just, let's go to reality check here. When he called Mary, he, this is what he said. Mary, I want you to be a mama, a mother. You hear me? Mary, I'm not calling you to preach to the the world. I'm just calling you to be a mama. You see, there are, there are callings on our life. You may be the great. Listen, if you're a plumber, be the greatest Christian plumber in San Angelo. He may call you to do. Listen, if he calls you, listen, you can be whatever he wants, what he's called you to be. But don't think you can't be whatever you think you can't be because he sees the potential in you that's far beyond your imagination. He says he's going to do more than you can ask or even imagine. Right? I, I think that's what God gifted me with. One of the giftings he gave with me. And I know it's not a gifting. It's just a fruit of the spirit. But I saw potential when I would go in the jail. I worked there for three years at the county jail. And I would go in and, and I would see guys in orange jumpsuits. Why they picked orange, I don't know. But they picked orange jumpsuits, I think to humiliate them. But they picked these jumpsuits and they put them in these jumpsuits. And, but when I would walk in, it was like, I didn't see these jumpsuits. I didn't see those guys as, 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 as uh, inmates. I just saw them as people that God loved and had this incredible calling on their life. Because that's what Jesus wants us to see, people. I love it when Betty was sharing this morning about this class. This is going to be tomorrow night on deliverance. She said, we can't judge these people that are cutting themselves and judge people for doing this and judge people for doing that. We've got to love them. We've got to have the compassion of Christ. We've got to see the potential in their life when they're set free. 
Man, when the demoniac was set free, he said, Jesus, I'm going to go with you. I want to hang out with you. And Jesus said, no, you go tell. You go back to your home and you tell them what the great things that I've done in your life. He didn't say, go be a preacher. He just said, go tell them. He said, go tell them. Thirty-one. I'm telling you, that's the longest point of the whole sermon. <laughs> wow, that one took a long time. Seriously, well, it's just have an invitation. <laughs> and behold, you will receive in your womb and bring forth a son. Conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And she will call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. The second thing which you see is what God says you can do. Not what you think you can do, but what God says you can do. There are plenty, there's enough naysayers and dream killers out in the world and in the church to keep you from doing what God's called you to do. There's just plenty of them. And if you're one of those, just stop it. Repent. Just repent for saying you can't do that or you're not worthy or you're not good enough. Just repent. You've spoken that stuff over your kids. Repent and tell them you're sorry. Say, you know what? God's created you. He can do anything you want. He can do anything. You can do anything God wants you to do. Because he's going to be the one that does it through you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, Paul says. And again, I say we're like Mary's. You may not be going to be birthing a child, but you're going to be birthing maybe a ministry. Birthing a gifting. God's going to give you direction in your life. Verse 34, then, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? This is the wonder part, the polite request, Mary's response, even our response to the call of God. How can this be? And again, the question always goes back to, since I do not know a man. Moses said, I can't do that. How many times have you said, I can't do that? Well, I'm going to give you a reprieve here because it's okay if you say you can't do it because... God can. Matter of fact, it's not a bad idea to say, man, God, I can't do this except without you, without your help. So there's the wonder that God could use you. What did Randy Clark call it? The little old me's. We are, you know, we have a huge God. We may be small, but we have a big God. Verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. The fourth thing I want you to see is there's the way. God's going to make a way when there's no way. Because there was no way she was going to have a baby without getting married and consummating her marriage with her husband, Joseph. No way, no how, it can't happen, not possible. Right? But God made a way. You think he can't make a way in your situation right now. You think he can't make a way in your circumstance right now, but I'm telling you he can. You know, when I saw this, I, I thought this was a very good picture of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because she's a, she's a believer. I mean, she's, she knows the word. She knows the prof prophecy. That's why she agreed to all this. Because she'd been studied up on it. She knew that the, 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 the Messiah was going to come by a virgin. And now she's thinking, oh, this is me. Very possibly, this could be me. This is my time. This is—I see things happening around me. This could be that. This could be my time. 
I could be the chosen one. It says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. We always talk about that. When you get saved, you get the indwelling Holy Spirit. But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, it says in the Word, He says, you shall receive power and the Holy Spirit comes what? Upon you. And then you shall be my witnesses or witnesses of me to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to other most parts of the world. He said, man, you've got to have the power to do that. And the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and came upon her with power. You don't think we need the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go and do the things that God's called us to do? Well, you're wrong if you think we can do it without Him. We need Him. We need that power. We need the dunamis. We need the dynamite. We need the ability that only He can give. It's not by might, but by His strength, by His Spirit, saith the Lord. Not by ours. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Don't you want to be overshadowed by the Holy Spirit? The supernatural encounter with God through the Holy Spirit. Once you have a supernatural encounter with Him, you'll start operating in the supernatural. It'll be natural. We'll start flowing in the gifts. God will manifest Himself in our life. Something wonderful will be birthed in us. Then our lives will bring glory to God over and over and over. Verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. This is now the sixth month of her, for her who was called barren. For with God, say with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing will be impossible. That's the fifth point you need to see. With God. With God. With God, nothing's impossible in your life. And, and listen, you think, well, that applies to Mary. That, that was really good for Mary. But no, no, it's for us. It's for you. It's for me. You think I do this because I'm smart? You think I do this because I've been trained? You think I do? No, I've been equipped by the Holy Spirit to do what I do. But he equips all of us. You know, he doesn't. Uh, here, There are two sayings that we used to say, and, and I'll say them again. He doesn't. Called the qualified, he qualifies the called. See, you can't use the excuse, he can't use me, because then you're calling God a liar. Because he can use you. He can, he can use you for whatever his purpose is, whatever his plan is for your life. That with God, he comes alongside us to move in a powerful way, to affect the lives of people all around you. Verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I told you, you have to have number one, but you have to have number six. You have to be willing to yield. So you can know your identity and not yield. You, you can understand, oh, I am the beloved, I am the called, I am the favored of God, and not yield. You, you, can, you can claim your identities in Christ and still not yield. You can be disobedient the rest of your life and go to heaven. Did you know that? You can just, God's got a calling on my life, but I know He's he saved me. I, I know the Holy Spirit lives in me. And, and, but you know, I'm just going to grieve the Holy Spirit the rest of my life. You think that that's a way to live? You think that's the way God wants you to live? I want to tell you, you live that way, you'll live in misery the rest of your life. 
You will not live the joyful, pro productive life that God has for each and every one of us. Say, I want everybody in here, I want you to have the joy of the Lord in you. I want you to know that you're the favorite of God. I want you to know that you can do great and mighty things in the name of Jesus. That you're not limited to your own abilities. That's what God wants for you this morning. But you have got to be willing to say, Behold, the maid servant or the man servant of the Lord. I voluntarily submit my life to you, God. I am a slave to you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to take direction to you. I'm going to bow at your feet. I'm going to serve you, Lord, for the rest of my life. That's what a maid servant and a man servant does. You're not forced into it. You volunteer to do it. Nobody made it. Didn't anybody get a gun put through their head this morning and say, you got to go to church? You volunteered to come here. Because you want to hear from the Lord. You, you want to get a word from God. You, but you want to you walk out of here submitted to God, being willing, willing to be used by God. Listen, a life not used by God is just a life that's just wasted. It's just wasted. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. James 3.16 says, For the envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. Listen, but, for the, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Mary chose that day. She, she could have said, don't think so. Not interested. Go pick on some other kid. Nah, I don't know. Nah, that's, that's, that's a big ask. <laughs> the mom to the son of God. I think there might be too much pressure involved. What are people going to say when I'm pregnant and I'm not married? What are they going to say when Joseph said, well, I'm not really the dad? What she was risking. See, that's faith. R-I-S-K. It's faith. She's saying, you know what? I really care more about what God says than what man says. See, some of you this morning, that's keeping you from knowing who you are in Christ or stepping into your calling. You're more concerned about what other people think than what God thinks. You're more concerned about your image than reflecting His image. What will people think? If they know that I go to that church downtown where they wave flags and they raise their hands. Once in a while somebody shouts, what are they going to think of me? Think I'm kidding. They were saying that of us. He said that of us. But you know what I've heard? I heard a man this morning. I'm not going to tell you his name, but some of you know him. He's been working on a big church in another city. And he said they had a, I'm not sure, I think he said a million-dollar sound system. He said, man, the sound is great, but he said nobody worships. Nobody worships. They don't enter in. They just play me a song. P perform for me. You're not going to get that here. You may feel uncomfortable when we worship. That's okay. I did. I used to feel uncomfortable. I used to judge people that raised their hands and hollered every once in a while. 
Especially the one that said hallelujah. I'm in, I'm in Texas. It's hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, what? Hallelujah. You know, I had to repent. I had to repent of a lot of things. Still do that. And it's a good thing to have a constant repenting lifestyle. It's a really good thing. Because we're not perfect and we still stumble. But God's called us this morning. He's called you. Go ahead and stand to your feet. The last thing she said is one of the most profound things. She, let, she said, let it be to me according to your word, Lord. And that was God's word, even though the angel Gabriel delivered it. He said, she said, let it be to me according to your word. Now, it's hard for you to say, let it be to me according to your word, Lord, when you don't know what his word says. And I hope you don't think that on a Sunday morning for 30 to 45 minutes you get it all because it takes a lot more than this. But he's saying some things about you this morning that maybe you've kind of pushed yourself away from hearing. You don't want to hear those things anymore. The dream, the purpose, the vision, all the things that he said that you are. And you've shoved them to the side and you've forgotten the promises that he made and you forgot the promise you made to him but I pray that this morning whatever he's called you to do to be to, do, to, to, to surrender to that this morning you're going to say let it be to me according to your word Lord it could have been a prophetic word it could have been just a, a word from a friend it could be a word from the word of God that he just gave you and you latched on to it and said that's for me Remember last week I said you got to contend for that word? Contend for it this morning. Just bow your heads. Ministry team, come ahead. Come on up. I look across this room and I see amazing potential. And if I can see it by the naked eye just or just to by knowing you a little bit, can you imagine what God sees? What He's planted in your heart? What He's deposited in your life through His Holy Spirit that says, listen, there are no limits to what you can do through me. So right now, in Jesus' name, just bow your heads, close your eyes. Lord, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're faithful to remind us of the calling on our life. I thank, thank you that you're faithful to remind us of who we are in Christ. I thank you, Lord, that you look at us this morning and you don't see our failures. You see our potential. I'm so glad you gave us awesome examples in your word of people that messed up so bad. You said, you know what? I can use you, Moses. Peter, I can use you. Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. You don't know it, but I, that's what you are. See, God's going to make a way for you this morning to find Him again. To find your purpose again. To be surrendered again. To be yielded again. 
would you just say this? God, say it out loud. God, I am who you say I am. God, I can do what you say I can do. Now, I'm not going to ask you to repeat this, but in your heart, if it is your desire, I just prayed this morning that you'll say, God, I'm willing to yield to you. I'm willing to yield to you, to your plan for my life. Some of you need to repent because, man, you are stuck in the middle of nowhere. And God just tapped you on the shoulder right this moment and said, remember that? Remember that promise I made you? Remember that promise you made me? Remember that word I gave you? He's tapping you on the shoulder right now. He's reminding you. And here's what he's saying to you this morning. Son, daughter, I'm not done with you yet. I'm not finished with you yet. Son, daughter, you're highly favored. Rejoice. You're my beloved. Would you receive that this morning? What he says, who he says you are. And step into that place of yieldedness, trust, faith, knowing that God's not through with you yet. And if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is your day to have an encounter with the living God. An encounter. You didn't plan it, but God did. He planned it before you were born, that this would be your day. In Jesus' name I pray. Step out and come. Step out and come. If you need prayer for anything this morning, if you need prayer for anything, God's reminded you of something today that you have put on the shelf and you've said, I'm done. I can't go any further. This is your day. Step out and come. We want to pray for you quickly. Quickly. Just step out and come. Step out and come. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you have been battling some things. Man, you're so tired of battling. God says, here, come. I want to remind you of who I am. Amen. Step out and come. Step out and come. God bless you. God bless you. I need some more intercessors up the front. Ministry team. Step out and come. Step out and come. I don't care if this is the hundredth time you said, I'm starting over. Start over the hundred and first. Trust God today. Trust Him today. Step out and come.